Um... <laughs> You're right there. Yes. I'm thinking. <laughs> That's my thinking sound. When you pronounce times verbally, would you have said, I mean, leaving, a, leaving aside the whole half-past, whatever thing, would you have said 4.30 or would you have said 16.30? Oh, always 4.30. But you keep a... Doesn't most of the UK keep a 24-hour clock when you look at yeah, it visually? Yeah, but nobody reads it like that. Oh, that's doubly weird. Huh. Well, because it's just context. But you're doing the mental math one way or the other, right? Because if you're looking at 16.30 on the on the clock, and I ask you, hey, what time is it? You're going to have to say, you know, half four. Or is that half five? Now I'm not trying to be funny. I don't even remember. It's half five, isn't it? No, it's 16.30 is half four. Damn. So it's... It's the number minus 12. I No, I understand how to do the math. I'm just saying. Well, okay, so the thing is, with most British people, the 24-hour clock is kind of inbuilt into them. So, like, I look at 16, and I know that means 4. Like, I don't have to do, do the mental math. The math. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if I say there are people that aren't like this, those people don't use the 24-hour clock. But, like, I see 16... And it means a different thing in that context. The number 16 doesn't mean 16. It means four. Weird. But nobody ever says that. Nobody ever says 1630, unless you're in like the military or something. Well, sure, sure. But I mean, in, in normal everyday conversation, you're going to look at a digital clock, and the digital yep. clock will read 1630, and you're going to say it's half four. And yes, and in the same way, you never say to somebody, oh, I'll meet you at 1630. You say I'll meet you at half four, and people uh, people infer from like the time via the context, hmm. right? So if you say to somebody, "I'll meet you at lunch at twelve, everybody knows you mean twelve noon. Well, but, but if, if you have lunch is, at midnight, right? But see, because nobody does. <laughs> but if there are things like that, then people would say they would either say a.m. or p.m. or somebody would say a.m. or p.m. Yeah. My favorite thing in the world, and by favorite I mean the thing that just annoys the crap out of me for no good reason, is when someone says, um, yeah, I had to get up at 5 a.m. in the morning. (sighs) (laughs) That's one of those things, though, where the a.m. is is coming out of your mouth and you don't even realize you said it. I guess. It drives me nuts. Hey, what time do you want to have dinner? I don't know, maybe 5 p.m. in the evening. (sighs) Drives me insane. I don't know why people... So let's do some follow-up. Um, we're going to continue to beat this horse to death. Uh, Casey's beating Mike by 1,398 Twitter followers. That is a decrease of two over last week. Go me. Yeah, you had a bit of a storm. Yeah, Because well, I, I crossed the 15,000 barrier this week. Woo-hoo! So you've had a storm in week. I did. Well, you know what it did? You know what it was? Is that I got a Marco Arment retweet, and that's good for like 50 followers every time. Yeah, you see, you bumped, you bumped, you got a little bump. Mm-hmm. Got that Marco bump. <laughs> uh, patent pending uh, anyway so yeah so we'll uh, keep doing that until everyone stops listening to the show because it's boring uh, Brian wrote in and Brian had to say I do the opposite with lists than what you described on the show I presume he's talking to you Mike um, I have a list of 50 priority counts that I check I found starting from zero and building up a priority list way easier than unfollowing um, I don't use lists but 
I actually have been declaring Twitter bankruptcy far more frequently lately just because I've been busy and I've been trying to wean myself off of being a completionist, which I know I've said like 18 different times on this show. But anyway, um, I did a while back set up a can't miss list, um, which has, you know, like you and, and, and some of the hosts from Relay and, you know, the guys from ATP and people like that. And I have been as a way to kind of ease the pain from, from declaring bankruptcy. I've been going through that list, which I I don't, I could figure out how many people are on it. I'm not going to do that right now, but suffice to say it's not many and it is a private list. Um, but I go through that list. It has all of 14 members. Um, I can go through that list and quickly catch up on the people that I really, really, really don't want to miss out on while still declaring bankruptcy. And that works out really well. But what do you have to say about uh, Brian's feedback? I just thought that it was one of the more kind of sensible reasons for like using a list. Yep. Um, if it is like if you kind of see it as they like if the I've gonna I need to declare bankruptcy kind of thing, but I still want to know what these people said, then I kind of understand that as a thing. Uh, but I'm still just trying to get it to the point where I want to see everything. Uh, whenever I want to see it. I am feeling pretty much better about a lot of this stuff. Like, for example, today uh, I was away for like four hours and I came back to Twitter and I started reading and I had one of those load-missing tweet things Mm -hmm. and it was the difference of like three hours to two hours and I just happily left that hour. (laughs) Nice. I was just like, I just got to lose that one. It's totally fine. So I'm getting better about a lot of that kind of stuff. Good. Uh, just in general, I am feeling happier about this stuff. Good, good. And I am just keen to see how it will continue to progress, I think. Yeah, me as well. And um, I'll do a little plug for you since you're probably too nice to do it yourself. Um, the episode of Cortex this week, which was called, what was the name of his blog post that you used as the title of the episode? Dialing Down. Thank you, Dialing Down. I listened to that earlier today. It was very good. Um even if you didn't want to hear about Mike's uh, and Gray's interactions with Twitter and, and the internet as a whole, which is very interesting, that episode is absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, worth the price of admission just to hear the story of Gray buying his iPad Pro. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. You should listen to the whole episode because like, if you like this show, you will like that episode. I agree. Because Gray gets very kind of like thinking and feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, worst comes to worst, like listen to the last like maybe 45 minutes or something like that. So good. Um, you, you, you will not be disappointed. You will not. That is absolutely factual. You can count on it. All right. Um, we have some dissension in the relay ranks. Would you like to tell us about this? Sausage rolls in the USA. What about him? <laughs> Tiff Arment of uh, Top Four uh, was upset. She was not happy. Because apparently sausage rolls do exist in the United States of America and people know what they are. Apparently I am, and these are my words, not Tiff's. I'm either uncultured or clueless, one or the other, perhaps both. Um, I, I had not heard of them. Casey, are you a foodie? No. God, no. Yeah, I think I think this might be the problem here with these kinds of things. Well, so, okay, here's the thing. Let, let me go on a little tangent and a little rant. The ha- everyone is a freaking foodie. Who who doesn't like to eat? Everyone likes no, to eat. No, but it's, it's, it's not about liking to eat. It's about fussy 
eating. No, no. I, I am not a fussy eater. I am the antithesis of a fussy eater. You go ahead and ask Joe Steele on Twitter what he thinks about how fussy an eater I am. I am just as happy. Well, maybe not just as happy, but almost as happy at a Taco Bell as I am at a fine restaurant. I yeah. see a place for both of them. And I love all sorts of different foods. I like chain restaurants. I like mom and pop restaurants. I like big, annoying fast food joints. And I like little hole-in-the-wall places. I like all kinds of food and all kinds of restaurants. So, and, and I'm not a very good chef. Otherwise, I would cook a lot of this food. Aaron is a good chef, um, or at least by my personal opinion. And, um, and we don't have as much time as we'd like to cook as often as we'd like. And when I say we, I really mean she because I'm a terrible cook. But, um, but no, I, I, don't, I don't think of myself as a foodie because I don't, I, I don't need to get fussy about food. It's, it's just getting fussy about food, getting fussy about almost anything strikes me as a complete waste of time. And I'm trying to think what I'm fussy about. Oh, vodka, terrible waste of time. The fussiness is in the enjoyment of it. So going to like restaurants that do chicken in a specific way because it's nicer in such and such way. Or like, so for example, there is, okay, I'll give you an example of this. There is a restaurant that me and Adina really love in London called The Tram Shed. And The Tram Shed um, is a restaurant where they bring the chicken to you. So you, the best thing there is the chicken, in my opinion, the chicken steaks. Um, they bring the chicken to you on in like this kind of, uh, it's like a dish with a, like a, uh, a spike, I guess, in the middle. And the chicken is whole on the spike with the feet in the air, right? Wait, it, it um, has feet on it still too? They bring it to the table with the feet on it, Ooh. and they ask you if that if you would like them. Some people do, apparently. I Ooh. always ask them to get them away as quick as possible. <laughs> and then they kind of carve it for you. But the great thing is all of the chips, the fries, the fries, sorry. No, I was with are you. In the, are in the bottom of the dish, so like the Ooh. fat and stuff from the, the chicken drips onto them. And there's stuffing, great stuffing inside of the chicken. Oh, but like it comes talking. out in this specific way, right? And it's made in this very specific way. And one of the reasons we love the place is because of the way they make, present, and flavor the food. It's all, it's like the whole thing. Okay, that makes perfect sense. But, but I think the thing to me is like uh, my perception of a self-proclaimed foodie is that they will only eat a chicken at, what did you call the name of the restaurant again? The Tram Shed. They would only eat chicken at the Tram Shed, and any other chicken would be subpar and disgusting, whereas you don't strike me that way at all. And and that's what I don't care for about foodies. And plus, like I said, everyone likes to eat. And a lot of people who say, oh, I'm a foodie, they just really like to eat. You know what? I freaking love to eat, but I'm not a foodie. I'll eat just about anywhere. Yeah, I, I I will eat in many places. Like yesterday, I had McDonald's breakfast. Oh, well done. Um, because I do like McDonald's breakfast. It's like, delicious. I was in a mall. I was in a mall in the morning waiting for the Apple Store to open. Um, and <laughs> I uh, was it was uh, I was in a food court in a mall, and there was limited options. And the one that I happily chose was McDonald's because I like McDonald's breakfast. Fun fact, you know what else is really good? This is now eliminating all doubt that I am not a foodie. Uh, you know what else is really good? Taco Bell breakfast, believe it or not. I kid well, you Well, I not. imagine it's only the same amount of good as an American breakfast. So what's a good English breakfast? Sorry, like? McDonald's breakfast. Okay. Well, what is a good English breakfast, actually? Now I'm asking less bothered and curious. Well, I mean, if you're looking at a full English, right, which mm -hmm. is 
I guess what people would consider like an English breakfast. It's like eggs, bacon, sausages, tomatoes, beans, and fried bread. Wait, fried bread? What? Right, so what we call fried bread is um, you kind of, I believe this is how it's made, you kind of put an egg in a pan but mix it up into like a kind of a, a, a like a it's like a liquid right you don't cook the egg as such but you heat it uh-huh. and then you dip the toast or bread into it and like cook it that way it's something like that so it's like know. french toast no actually it's not like french toast because i love french toast and oh, i don't like fried french bread toast. interesting and this is different than the pig in the hole or whatever it is that they did on v for vendetta Uh, A full English breakfast, this is from Wikipedia, will often include fried bread, fried in oil, butter, lard, or bacon drippings. Which sounds disgusting when you say it like that. It sounds interesting. But the rest of it sounded delightful. I'm all in on that. What's the name of the thing? Oh, was it Piggy in a Basket or something where you have like the egg in the center of a piece of toast? You know what I'm talking about? They did it on... No, you're totally making that up. No, So you've got Pig in a Blanket, which we spoke about. Oh, man, what's the name of this thing? It's when you have an egg in the center of a piece of bread. Uh, come on, live listeners, help me out here. Um, God, I can't think of the name of it. They served on a V for Vendetta in the movie, and they made like a big thing about it. And oh god, I can't. We'll we'll, have to, we'll follow up later. A toad in a hole, Joe Steele. What are you? No, talking toad about? in a hole is a sausage in uh, a uh, kind of like a Yorkshire pudding. Oh, there you thing. go. Egg in a hole or egg in the basket. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's not. I mean, yeah. Egg in a hole is is not so creative. Otherwise, you can yeah. just guess well, that. There's that, but you know what? Nobody's <laughs> perfect. Anyway, um, but no, the full English sounds excellent. Sign me up for one of those. Well, how are we even? What are we talking about? <laughs> what just happened? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> so yeah, so apparently sausage rolls exist, and I just didn't know it. That's uh, that's basically it. The New York trip is booked. Excellent. When are you going? The first week of December. I hate you. Uh, it's unlikely <laughs> there's going to be any kind of meetups during this period of time. Um, we're not actually going to be in Manhattan very much, I don't think. Uh, so, and, and we're kind of, I, I don't know. So, it's unlikely. I mean, I won't completely rule it out right now, but pe- so some people have asked, and I just wanted to say it's unlikely. But it's just going to be a short trip, which we're aiming to just be a relaxing trip with a little bit of sightseeing. But this kind of, at least... Uh, from kind of my thinking right now, this isn't going to be the big New York trip that we're going to do. No, and, you know? and hopefully you will give me a little bit more notice for the big New York trip so yeah. I can make sure to see you. There, is, there are some rumblings afoot in the List household to see if we can make this work, but it is extraordinarily unlikely that it will work for all of us and very unlikely that it will work for just me. So we'll we'll see what we can do, but it is not looking stupendous, unfortunately. It's okay, though. Uh, do you have any plans for while you're in the city that you'd like to share? Not particularly, which I feel like is something that I should probably start working on. I mean, we're, we're spending a night in Manhattan on the first night, and we should probably do something with that. But I'm <laughs> feeling like I just want to see what's around. We're staying near Times Square. So, I mean, that would be, I guess, an interesting thing to see. Um, there is a pencil shop that I want to go to. Oh, God, of course there is. Called CW Pencil <laughs> Enterprise. Do you know whereabouts that is within Manhattan? No, I don't know okay. where it is, actually. Okay. It is on 100B Forsyth Street. I have no idea where that is. What yeah, was the exactly. name of the place? CW Pencil Enterprise. Interesting. Okay. 
Caroline Weaver, CW. And she's just created a real cute pencil shop um, where everything is displayed beautifully. Oh, this is way in the bottom of the island. Okay. So maybe, but we don't have to do that. Um, I don't really know. I mean, we should probably start thinking about it a little bit more, but... You're probably going to go to, like, Rockefeller, aren't you, to see the Christmas tree and all that? Because that's very, very close to Times Square, very walkable from Times Square. The uh, big Apple store is walkable from Times Square. Well, I say this as someone who really doesn't mind walking, and you as a Londoner, I presume, also do not mind walking, but... but it's it's quite a it's like twenty ish blocks, fifteen twenty blocks from Times Square. Um, I don't recall exactly how long a block is, and one of the blocks is very long, and one of them is very short. And I always get it backwards. But um, what I would definitely recommend is going from Times Square on foot all the way up to, um, and you could just walk right up Fifth Avenue, if I'm not mistaken, and see all the the store windows that they do up for Christmas. Although that's less of a thing now. Um, but you can walk up Fifth Avenue and then. Um, end up at the bottom of Central Park. Yeah, and, and right on the edge of Central Park is where the Big Apple store is. And the Plaza Hotel, if you'd want to uh, relive Home Alone too. So we're currently watching 30 Rock, right? So oh, yeah, yeah. That's Rockefeller, We're definitely going to go and see Rockefeller Center. Mm-hmm. Because why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? It's too bad that it's probably going to be crummy weather. Um, one of my favorite things in the entire world um, is the High Line in New York City. Um, this was an elevated train line that I guess was in the meatpacking district. And now I'm talking a little bit out of my comfort zone. Um, but it was a train line. Oh, Adina mentioned this. Mm -hmm. A few of her friends went to New York recently and they recommended this. This is something that she would quite like to see. I, I definitely recommend it as well. So basically it's this elevated train line that was dilapidated for decades or something like that for many, many, many years. And uh, eventually, I guess it was like one guy, if I understood the story correctly, just decided upon himself, I think this should be like a public area and kind of like a park. And he rallied a whole bunch of people and they raised the money and got the city to approve, turning it into a park. And so it's this really lovely park elevated over the streets of Manhattan on the west side of the of the island. And it's a, it's a really lovely, lovely, lovely uh, place to be. Not that it would be bad in November, but obviously in like the spring or the summertime, it's even nicer. Um, so you should definitely check that out as well. I could go on for hours about Manhattan. And yeah, but shouldn't. I mean, a lot, a lot of these things feel like the big trip. Which perhaps this kind of yeah isn't this is kind of more intended to be just a relaxing time in an interesting place yeah well and actually the highline would apply to that in insofar as you're just walking you know it's not like the, the the sightseeing you're seeing is just the ambience and 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 the the environment around you and Rockefeller Center will be you know, and Times Square both will be just chock full of people but that's part of the experience it's kind of ish Piccadilly like but not at all that's a that's a very loose analogy but um you know it's kind of sort of like Piccadilly um I would definitely recommend Rockefeller I would definitely just like I said walk up from Times Square I believe Rockefeller's north of there walk to the bottom of Central Park go into the Apple store you won't be able to go into FAO Schwartz they recently shut down again which is really disappointing um what is that it's this mega 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 toy store do you ever see the movie big with Tom Hanks Oh yeah, it's yeah. basically that toy store, and um, is that the one in uh, Home Alone as well? It's Home modeled, yeah. It, it's a different name, but very much modeled after that. Um, well, maybe, maybe I shouldn't say very much, but it's very similar. But the point being, um, it's right. If you're standing in the Apple Cube, it's like. 15 paces away from there um but it's recently shut down as slade 401 is saying in the chat it's it's probably going to come back they've shut down like four times but um I, as far as i know it is currently shut down which is too bad. i'm seeing something on the new york post where it's like it 
will come back somewhere else. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm, I mean, I've got to imagine that real estate is just absurdly expensive. Um, but in any case, I'm very excited for this trip. What, how, no matter how much time you spend in Manhattan, no matter what you do or do not do, um, I, I can't tell you how excited I am. And you and I actually talked uh, this past Sunday for unrelated reasons, and uh, and I got going on about how much I'm very excited to hear what you have to say about Manhattan because, to me, London and New York are very much sister cities and very much cut from the same mold. I mean, there are, there are plenty of differences between the two, don't get me wrong. Um, like something that's old in Manhattan is a couple hundred years, whereas something that's old in London is what, like 2,000 years old? Yeah, so, all the years. Yeah, exactly. So there, there are some differences for sure. But um, London and New York are two of my favorite places in the entire world. And, um, and I'm really excited for you to experience it and Adina as well. And, um, I hope I'll be able to get either me or even better, the whole family up there to see you guys, but we'll see what happens. We'll see. All right, let's take a break. Yes, please. This is a fun sponsor, Casey. Excellent. Uh, I'm excited. This week's episode of Analog is brought to you by Foot Cardigan. A subscription to Foot Cardigan will get your favorite person one pair of whimsical socks delivered to their mailbox every single month. Yes, you heard that right. This is a sock subscription service. (laughs) But this is something that if you buy for someone, or even if you have bought for you, or maybe if you buy for yourself, this is a gift that will keep on giving every single month for as long as you want, and you'll be able, you'll be reminded of how awesome that person is, or that person that you buy the... uh, Foot Cardigan subscription for will be reminded of how awesome you are every month. One of the most stressful parts of the holidays is picking out the perfect gift for everyone you know, but Foot Cardigan makes that simple and finally makes it awesome to be given socks. That's and once you sub- exactly, and once you subscribe or buy a subscription for someone you love, every month a new pair of socks is going to arrive at home. It will be like Christmas in July and Christmas in June and Christmas in <laughs> April, right? It will just continue to be Christmas constantly. Think of how amazing that will be. A surprise pair of fun socks delivered to their door every month, the gift that keeps on giving. As well as fun-loving adults, Foot Cardigan also has a line of socks for kids called Whippersnappers for ages 3 to 12. <laughs> And they'll get two pairs of socks every month instead of just one because children's feet are tiny, so they take less sock material. And we know it's not even Thanksgiving yet. I understand that. But let's face it, you've procrastinated on your holiday shopping every single year, and it's never too late to change. Be your parents' favorite kid this year and get them a subscription to Foot Cardigan. You'll be the most popular person in your house. Foot Cardigan subscriptions are available for three, six, and nine-month prepaid up front, and there's also a month-to-month option as well. And listeners of this show can get 10% off all subscriptions with the code ANALOG at checkout. Remind your favorite person how all Awesome you are every month with Foot Cardigan. Thank you so much to Foot Cardigan for supporting this show and Relay FM. That's one of those ideas that can only really work on the internet, which is, yeah. and I mean that in a good way. Like that, what a subscription to socks. And yet, even though I could not possibly care less about socks, if somebody got me this subscription, I'd probably be like, oh, it's Foot Cardigan Day every time they showed up, you know? Their designs are really fun. So I've known of these for a while because the people behind Foot Cardigan are friends with Matt. Mm-hmm. They actually shared office space for a while. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. pretty cool. 
I'd say one of my favorite things of this time of year is the is the interesting sponsors that we get because it's Christmas time. Yeah, no, it's it's really excellent. And it always makes me smile. Like to, in like November, some of the some of the things that we get to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at their uh, at their website, and the checkout is pretty awesome. So um, you know, it's very conversational. Um, are the, are the foot cardigans for a man Deegan or a lady Deegan? How often do you want to pay? How many months of glorious socks do you desire? <laughs> yeah, I have good copy. Yeah, yeah, want gift wrapping? We can do that too because we're amazing. So for $2 a month, add horrible gift, ra- gift wrapping every month. Or for $2, just horribly wrap it the first month. Or no wrapping because I hate fun. <laughs> it's delightful. Yeah, I, I like oh, that, kind of, that kind of style. Me too. So they're All really right. cool. They're well, really cool. What else is going on? So um, I was... Editing Reconcilable Differences today. Mm -hmm. This episode will be out for people by the time that they're hearing this one, right? It will have already been out. And John and Merlin are talking a little bit about Star Wars. They just mentioned it briefly. I was talking about going to the movies. Mm -hmm. And they were very briefly talking about Star Wars and how excited John is for Star Wars. Um, And he was, you know, you know about, did you hear the story about the kid that um, got to see a cut of Star Wars before he died? Did you hear about that? No, I don't think so. There was a terminally ill child who um, wanted to see, or young person. I'm not sure if they were a child. I think they were a young person who wanted to, who was who was terminally ill, and he wanted to see Star Wars Episode Seven before he died. And they ended up there was this campaign around it, and they showed him a rough cut of the movie. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, it was really nice, and it basically led to a conversation where John was talking about the fact fact that he has actually worried about that. Like, that he might die before the movie comes out. Uh, this movie? This very one that's coming out in, like, a month. Yeah. Uh, he said he felt more that way about episode one, but has thought about it for episode seven. Wow. Anyway, all of this has led me to the thinking of, I don't think you're that crazy about Star Wars. Me. At, right, okay. At this point, the entire internet is is circling around my house, getting ready to, uh, you know, tar and feather me. Um, you know, I like Star Wars. It's fine. I enjoy it. But um, I, I haven't bought tickets to the new one. I'm not entirely sure that I'm going to go while it's still in theaters. I probably will. I will try to. But, eh, whatever. Um, I, I, I don't know. I feel like that sounds more dismissive than I mean it to. It's just... I don't really get all jazzed up about Star Wars like a lot of people do. And I don't think that I'm right. I don't think that I'm wrong. It's just, I mean, I enjoy it. But to me, it's kind of just another movie series. Whereas almost all of my friends and almost everyone I know, I would say, (laughs) is like crazy amped up to see this movie. And I'd like to see it for sure. It's not that I don't want to see it. It's not that I don't think it's worth the money to to see it in the theater. It's just if it works out, great. And if it doesn't, yeah, it's no big deal. Are you excited to see it, Mike? Yeah, of course I am. (laughs) Didn't you? What what, was it on this show or different show that you were discussing going to see it at like 10 a.m. on a Thursday or something like that? I can't remember what show it was, but yeah, I am doing that. I'm seeing it at like 11 a.m. on the day it comes out. I think it might have been on Upgrade. Me and Jason were talking about mm-hmm. it at one point. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to be going to see it like on the day it comes out here, which is uh, it's many hours ahead of it coming out in America, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm going to go and see it as early as I can on that day, and I want to see it at a time where nobody else is going to be there, really, which is like 11 a.m. on a Thursday. <laughs> right. Excellent. Because I saw, this is how I saw the Avengers 
like that that kind of time of day. Oh, I loved the Avengers. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, um, you know, I'm excited. I guess to see it at some point, but I have. I guess the thing of it is, is that to me, this is. In, I am in no way urgently seeking a viewing of this movie. I would mm-hmm. definitely like to see it. I'm sure. Well, I shouldn't say I'm sure I'll enjoy it. I presume I will enjoy it. Um, but you know what? If it doesn't end up that I, if it ends up that I can't see it for a while, that's okay. And it's. I don't. Know, don't I you just want to be a part of the Disney magic. Of course I do. I love Disney, but uh, I don't know. I, I just. There's very few movies that I'm unbelievably excited to see. And off the top of my head, the only ones I can think of in the last like five years are the Avengers movies. And specifically, like I like the other Marvel movies, but specifically um, the two Avengers movies I've been extremely amped to see. And um, the, when the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy was still new, I, I was extraordinarily amped to see each of those. Um, not but you to the, see, Casey, this is more than just a movie, though. It's an experience? No, this is like a whole <laughs> thing, right? This new, A new Star Wars movie is a whole big thing. Like, I, I, I really like Star Wars. I don't, like, obsessively love Star Wars. I love Back to the Future more than Star Wars as, as a franchise. Like, that mm-hmm. is just more for me. Like, I do, but I do really, really like Star Wars a lot. But, you know, I, I don't love Star Wars the way that other people do. Um, and I don't love it as much as Back to the Future, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I do really, really like it. So I'm very, very excited to see this. I'm very, very excited to see this. I have been waiting for it. I have been looking forward to it. Um, I've been preparing Adina for it, right, and showing her all the movies. Uh, well, the original trilogy. Um, <laughs> she will maybe never see the prequels. <laughs> which is probably pretty awesome that I will be able to help make that happen because she watched only watched the original trilogy because I encouraged her to and we have decided that we're not going to watch the prequels together so she may never see them but she is very excited about the new Star Wars movie too because she really enjoyed them and also because it is this cultural phenomenon which I think is why many people are excited about it because it's it will be a global event, right? It's one of those type of deals, right? It is a everyone is going to be talking about this type of thing. Yeah, and that's the thing is that, I mean, uh, we've we've established on this show that I have uh, sporadically a very severe case of fear of missing out. And I don't know if I necessarily fear missing out on the movies and, and watching them, you know, immediately, but... To your point, I do want to be part of the global conversation. And if I don't get off my, you know, took us to get into the theater until like a month later, then I'm not going to be able to be a part of that conversation. And gosh knows the movie is going to be spoiled for me 85,000 times. And I mean, I don't, I haven't gone out of my way to avoid spoilers, but, you know, I, I, I wouldn't exactly invite them either. I don't know. I'm sure I'll see it at some point. I'm thinking to myself here, because what what day of of December does it come out? Uh, It's either the 16th or the 17th, depending on where you are in the world. Okay, so maybe during, like, the Christmas holiday break, maybe I'll be able to get a ticket and find the time to go see it and, you know, find a babysitter and whatnot. Um, But I don't know. I I guess I'm excited, question mark. Um, I mean, I'd like to see it, but it's, like I said, it's one of those things that I think I... I feel more pressure to see it sooner because I want to be part of that conversation than because I'm like really amped up to go see it. 
So, in regards to spoilers, like, I don't really mind seeing some of the stuff, like, watching the trailers, seeing the posters, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Because those, I don't feel like, are going to be spoilery and, like, they're not going to be too high spoiler-wise. Mm-hmm. For me, and, like, even stuff that I see on Twitter will probably be fine, because I can't imagine many people are going to spoil the actual plot of the movie for a while. The thing that uh, is the biggest spoiler to me, and I can't remember who it was exactly that turned me on to this line of thinking, it was probably John probably that knowing if something is good or bad is the worst kind of spoiler interesting why do you say that it sets your expectations Mm -hmm. so like that's like why i am happy that i get to see it before most people i know because then i won't i will have seen the movie before i see people telling me whether it's good or bad Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so like when i tweet to say i've seen it i'm not going to give any opinion about it for that exact reason like i'm just going to say i have seen the movie yeah yeah that's you know because i feel like i want to just tell the world that i've seen it before them right that's very very important to me so i don't get a lot of these <laughs> and i get this one <laughs> saying about that actually the new pixar movie the good dinosaur i think uh-huh. it's called the good dinosaur that comes out here in like two weeks time which is very rare for a Disney movie, especially a Pixar movie, that we get it at the same time. Because like we got like Inside Out like four months later or something silly like that, which it <laughs> tends to be. Seriously, months and months and months. Um, like I think feel like I only saw that movie like six months ago, right? And they're usually like a year between them, like the releases. Um, but we're getting that at pretty much the same time, which is very interesting. And I'm not a hundred percent sure why they've changed it this time around. Well, whatever works, but uh, celebrate it while you can, I guess, right? Yeah, but at least we're getting, you know, did I mention we're getting Star Wars before, America? Mm-hmm. Did I mention that? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. And the other thing about it is I almost feel like guilty for not being the world's biggest Star Wars fan because so many of my peers are just so into it. And I would I would describe you as very into it, whereas to me, like I said, I'm just kind of whatever and blasé about it. And I, there's a part of me that feels almost guilty, right? That like, why why don't I like this thing that ever, well, not that I don't like it, but why why am I not as excited as everyone else to see this thing? What am I missing? Why Am I not cool enough? Do I Am I not smart enough? Like, do I not get it? I don't know. I, there's a little bit of guilt there, but but who knows? Maybe it just doesn't tickle those buttons. I can't think of the right word, but yeah, no, it just I'm doesn't you. tickle you in the same way. I guess not. I don't know. Um, I mean, again, it's not that I don't like it. It's not that I won't enjoy it, I'm sure. But I'm just not super crazy amped like everyone else is. All right, what else do we have to talk about? So I was, uh, well, I got a, a good email today uh, from a guy called Micah. And he was talking about the Apple Watch and using it of his partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did actually show me something that was awesome, which was he had a uh, a fracture. He'd been taking screenshots of digital touches between mm-hmm. uh, him and his lady friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and they and he had a fracture printed of the digital touch screenshots. Oh, that's kind of cool. Collage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really clever. Very clever. Bravo. Uh, I bet that went down very well. And it, it, he, he said this one thing that I want to read. Uh, After half a year with your Apple Watch, how do you feel about Apple's original intention of it being the most personal device ever? With time under your belt, do you use its touch features at all for intimate communication or do they remain gimmicky? So uh, I wanted to answer this question very quickly and then kind of maybe talk about the Apple Watch a little bit more. 
because we're okay. kind of six months in to the both owning the device. Um, and in regards to digital touch, uh, it is me and Adina still use it, but we use it way less frequently. But that's kind of made it more special when we receive them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Um, yeah, it does. Um, Aaron and do I. Do Aaron ever use it? I will occasionally send her heartbeats um just kind of let her know i'm thinking of her and that i'm still around but uh but uh she doesn't typically uh send anything to me um i don't know we we talk aaron and i about our watches probably once or twice a week as you know we'll still get asked oh what do you think of it and and oftentimes it'll be when we're together and so you know someone will ask oh what do you guys think of it and um I I don't know what Aaron thinks of hers. Like I've asked her and I've heard her answer these questions, but I can't tell what she really thinks because I think if she were to answer the question and, and forgive me uh, for putting words in her mouth here, but I think she would say she doesn't really care for it, that it's buggy, that it doesn't all, often do what she wants it to do or does or doesn't behave the way she wants it to behave um, or, or, or it's too slow or what have you. Um, but yet she does wear it every day, and I can't tell if that's because she feels guilty or if it's because she wants to. And she does seem to use it a lot, if for nothing else, as a notification triage device. You know, oh, who just sent me a text? Oh, I can worry about it later. Um, and so I don't. maybe it's that she doesn't like it, but she gets a fair bit of utility out of it. Maybe I'm making this up in its entirety. I'm not sure. Um, and, you know, I would call her in here to, <laughs> to speak for herself, but she's actually out at the moment. Um, but... I still like mine, but I think my biggest use of it is exactly that as a notification triage device to see what needs my attention and why and decide whether or not I need to act on it. How about you? So I think that Adina maybe likes hers more than Erin does because when people ask she does genuinely say what she likes about it and, and, I've, and I've I've said on the show the things that she likes before but I was thinking about for me and outside of a few strange connection issues that I seem to have been having in the last couple of weeks uh, I do really like my watch um, I definitely don't use it for all of the things I thought I was going to use it for uh, like I don't use very um i don't use very many apps at all interesting yeah um i like they're just not really a thing like i i use complications right i use like the carrot weather complication oh, so good. i use yeah it's fantastic it's it's the best complication for weather in my opinion because it has the little iconography mm mm-hmm. mhm um, like I can see right now that it's 11 degrees and windy and I get that information from the complication I love that right I like that Fantastic Hour just updated and have made their complication on the watch face that I use uh, actually useful <laughs> Amen. it wasn't very useful before it's nope. never very useful um, I just have a little uh, little calendar icon and the time of my next appointment which is the majority of the time all I need to know yep yep it's just there is something happening at such and such time. And then because I'm pretty much always in the same place <laughs> when I have appointments, <laughs> which is in front of my Mac, so as long as I know I'm there in time, I'm fine. Um, 
And I use a few, a couple of glances, right? So I use the carrot weather glance and I use the music glance primarily. Um, well, like the, the audio control one. Mm-hmm. And then it's notifications. And some apps enhance some notifications, right? So Outlook, which I'm trying for email, if you have their app installed, you can read basically the entire email from the from the notification if you have the app installed. Oh, that's um, interesting. And yeah, and there's a couple of other little things you can do. But primarily, like, this device is like a um, get notifications, see notifications. Yeah, that that's kind of – and then maybe act upon them in some small way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also set timers for cooking. And I think I'm pretty much fine with that. Like, that that feels like a, a good enough thing for me. Like, I'm always – I've always worn a watch anyway. Yeah, so. And I really like this watch. I like the way it looks, and I like the bands. I like the customization of it. That feels like the personal part of it to me is the fact that I have this set up for me in the way that I like. Um, and it does the things that I want it to do and choose for it to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Apple Pay. Boy, do I love Apple Pay on my wrist. I do too. I use it every single day. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, see, we don't have enough places here that support it. So uh, McDonald's does. So if I get McDonald's breakfast, I'll uh, I'll often use it there. But very few of the places I go on a regular basis actually take it, which is disappointing because it is wonderful. It's not. It's marginally more wonderful than doing it on the phone, which is also wonderful. But um, but it, I love it, and it feels like the future every time I do it. Yeah, I mean, uh, when I say every day, I use it every day when I'm outside of the house. Like if I leave the house, I'm using Apple Pay for sure. Interesting, like um, like to get on the tube or for other. Well, things? yeah, that's the primary thing is the tube, but all, for all sorts of purchases. That's really awesome, um, and that's because you have much, much more um, support for contactless payments in the UK than we do. Is that right? Yeah, it's it's in lots and lots of places. Yeah, see, I'm super jealous about that. Um, you know, listening to you talk about what you use your watch for, um, I'm thinking about what I, what you know, what do I use mine for? And um, as I said before, notification triage is number one, and you know, I think that my favorite thing about the watch, which is, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but my favorite thing about the watch is my phone never makes noises ever for any reason anymore. Um, because I put my watch on as soon as I get out of bed, mostly because I want credit for standing and I take it off right before bed mostly because I want credit for standing and as long as it's on my wrist, my phone will not buzz. I'll get a tap on my wrist that says, hey, hey, you know, something, you, you need to look at something, but my phone won't buzz. And that might be my favorite feature of all is to have my phone not buzzing away constantly or chirping constantly. And I really like that. Um, I don't use very many apps for it. I agree with you there. Uh, I'm looking at what I have installed. Um, when we were still tracking what Declan was doing um, with like diapers and things like that, I was I would use the Baby Connect app occasionally. Um, Fantastical sometimes. Um, Slack is comically bad, um, which is really annoying. Uh, one password every great once in a while. I do use Workflow um, because I have a couple of workflows that I've set up for myself that are supported on the watch, which I really like, um, like a tip calculator, for example. Um, but that's mostly it. I'm not that big into glances. They they don't really do much for me. Um, I, I'll have to try the carrot weather one. I'd like to see how that is. And I do like the fantastical one. But um, 
but yeah, I love the complications. I love that I can have, as cheesy as it may sound, a weekday and weekend watch face. Uh, basically, the difference is whether or not it has Fantastical on it, because on the weekends, I, I, I'm, they're not scheduled that tightly, so I don't need to see what my next appointment is all the time. Um, I wish I had more bands, but given that I have the, the Space Gray Sport, I think other bands would probably look a little weird with it. Um, I did get Erin a white band for hers. She has the... Um, the, the standard sport watch body with the kind of salmony color watch band. Um, and I got her a white watch band, which she actually has yet to use. Um, I think because she hasn't really figured out a reason to use it, which is fine. But um, I don't know. I, I, I do like it a lot. I like it, I think, less than I hoped to. Okay. Could you live without it? Like if, if it broke... Like, if you smashed your Apple Watch, would you just, would you buy a new one or would you just not leave it? Like, would you just leave it? I think I could live without it. I think I would prefer not to because I do love that notification tri- triage that darn much. Um, the other night, Aaron and I went out on a date. Um, her mother was nice enough to come over and uh, watch Declan for a few hours. And we went out to a nice dinner and um, and I took off my Apple Watch and I put on um, a watch that Aaron gave me, a citizen watch that Aaron gave me that I, that I really love. And to be honest, I didn't really miss it that much. But I also wasn't, you know, blowing up with text messages and notifications and things of that nature. I think if I had to do that long term, as much as I do love that citizen that she got me, although it's a bit formal for, you know, everyday use, um, I'd, I'd, I think I would miss it long term. And I think I would replace it. But this is uh, unlike my iPhone or my Mac or even my iPad where I would say, oh, absolutely, I would immediately replace it. I'm not as convinced with the watch, but I do think I would replace it. It's just it's not the sort of thing where I would drop everything, go to the Apple store and get it immediately. What about you? Um, so it, there, I feel like that there is like a hierarchy of needs. Let's call this Mike's hierarchy of needs. Your pyramid, if you that? will. Yeah, a pyramid, a pyramid, if you will. Um and I think that because you know you don't really need any of these things, right? True. But I feel like that there is a, a hierarchy of it in that, like, if my Mac broke, that is the top of probably of the list of things that need to be replaced, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like that is the one that makes the money. Okay, like yeah, without yeah. the Mac, the money stops. Um, and then it's probably my iPhone because it's my iPhone. Oh, totally, totally. Like what the for me personally, the most important computer. Um, yeah, I think I probably agree with that. It is like the hub of everything and can be used everywhere. Um, then it's probably my iPad. Comes Which ones? The the Air two or the Pro? It would be the Pro now because that's my mm-hmm. iPad now. Okay. Um. Because even though that's like I use my iPad at home more than my iPhone, I can sub my iPhone in if my iPad was gone, but I can't really do that the other way around, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then my watch. But see, the thing is on this list of needs is all of those things would be replaced as soon as they could be, but the Mac would be the one that would be replaced sooner like if the situation was such. So like, for example, if it was the case of like you only have three thousand pounds in your bank account that is all you have i would replace the mac no question immediately but the but as it goes down that list i may question more 
Yeah, that makes sense. And I mean, just like you said, it, the Mac is how you make your money. So you kind of have to have that replaced immediately. I mean, I think for me, if it was, I think I would replace my Mac within a day or two, my phone within a week, my iPad within a month and my watch at some point. And I think, you know, in a perfect world, I would replace anything, you know, the next day. But I think what 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 I mean by those by those time frames is that that's I think how long I would have before I would really start to freak out. I don't know. All right, anything yeah, else it, on the watch? Um is there anything that you can think of specifically that you want it to be able to do? So like I can't think of like a I really wish the watch could do this one thing that it doesn't do. But what I do know is I want it to do everything it currently does better and faster. <laughs> I agree. Um, I think I would like it very much if Siri was quicker and more reliable. I use Siri relatively frequently, especially to send Aaron text messages. Um, and I don't know why. Like, I don't know why I'm doing that instead of, I don't know, typing it out on my phone or, or computer or something. But, you know, maybe I'm playing with Declan and and I don't want to spend the time tapping away on the phone or what have you, or or maybe I'm in the car and she sent me something that I really need to answer, and I certainly don't want to be tapping away and answer there. Um, one way or the other, when Siri works on the watch, it's usually pretty darn good, and it's usually quick enough. But oftentimes I'll say, Ahoy Telephone, or Ahoy Watch, I guess in this case, and it'll do the tap-tap to let me know, yes, I'm listening. And I'll keep talking, nothing happens. And it thinks, 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 and it thinks. And occasionally it'll say, oh, yes, 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 I understood. But usually it'll just give up and throw its hands in the air and say, well, I don't know. And that's super annoying. Like, if Siri were more reliable, and not, not to say I disagree with you, Mike, about just everything being quicker, but specifically Siri, if Siri was more reliable, I would really love that. Um, but also, a part of me kind of wishes Siri used the onboard speaker occasionally, or there was like a, a button that I could press or some phrase like, Siri, tell me out loud what the score of the Hokies game is or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah. No, I really like that. Because I was going to say, no, I don't want it talking back to me, but tell me out loud. I like that a lot. You know, something along those lines. So you could selectively say, you know, I, in, in so many words, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be looking at the screen, Siri, so please tell me verbally the answer to the following question. And I don't know how you do that in an, in an easy and, and reproducible way. Maybe it is tell me out loud, but being able to do that would be kind of awesome because there are times where I want to see it or hear the response to something, or maybe even um, yeah, I, I want a group to see the response to something. You know, maybe we're having a debate over how old John Cusack is or something, you know, one of those, you know, silly situations. And, all I, all I can do is, like, look at the answer and tell everyone. And then inevitably, if you do the, like, hold your wrist up so everyone else can see it, then the watch turns off and everyone's like, what do you, why am I looking at a blank screen? And so, do you even know how loud the speaker is? I've never played any audio through my watch. I've taken a couple calls on it just so I could pretend I'm Dick Tracy. Oh, of course I have. I've done that. Yes, I do that. I actually do do that. I don't do it often, Duh. but I have done it from time to time. And it's not terribly loud, but it's sufficiently loud for this use case in most cases. Yeah. I don't know. I wish I wish it could do that. 
Yeah, that's a decent job. I was just interested to see how it would fit into your life, really, because I think that it has definitely fit into my life. It is, unfortunately, like another $500 Apple will get from me every couple of years. <laughs> yeah, I think it's fit into my life um, for sure. And, and I can't overstate how much I love not having a buzzing phone. I really, really do love that. Um, but it is not the sort of thing like, you know, I went from a two-year iPhone cycle to a one-year iPhone cycle because I just couldn't stand not having the latest and greatest phone. I don't see myself getting to the same position with this, but we'll see. All right, what else is awesome these days? Hover is awesome. Oh, super awesome. Hover is awesome all of the days. Hover is my only way, my favorite way, because it's the best way to buy and manage domain names I've spoken about the buying of domain names on Hover time and time again because it's super simple, it's super easy, they have all the TODs you'd expect, .com, .co.me, all the new ones, they have great prices like $12.99 for their .com domains, they have who is privacy for free of all of the domains, but I want to talk a little bit more today about the managing of, right? So what, one of the things I love about Hover.com is once I've got all of my domains in there, they have a real simple panel that you can go in and kind of see the information about all the domains you've bought, which is quite funny when you see about some of the domains like, why did I buy that one? And I like to sometimes think back to the the idea in my brain as to why I bought a, that domain. And you will end up <laughs> buying a ton because it's so easy and they're so well-priced. It's like if you have even a fleeting idea, you should buy that domain. But they have a real great panel where you can see all this stuff. And one something that Hover have introduced recently that I really love is Hover Connect. So this makes it super simple to connect the domain that you've bought with a website. Like something that I always hate is having to go in and update all of those C names and all that malarkey that I don't fully understand. Well, like you're dragging, like you're copying and pasting in some strings of text that you find on the sites that you're using. Say a site like Squarespace or a site like Tumblr or something like that. You kind of pull in the you you like copy and paste information from Tumblr. You paste it into Hover, and then it magically maybe potentially connects the accounts together. And like you know, I spoke about this before. Like I wasn't getting email for like a week one at one time because I pasted, copied and pasted some incorrect information into the stuff. Well, Hover have a service now called Hover Connect, where you go into your domain admin panel, you go into the domain that you want to connect to a site, you select the service that you want to use it with. They have a ton of services integrated, and they will automatically amend all of your DNS records for you. No more copying and pasting to get things set up. It's super awesome, super simple. They're, and also, one of the things I love about Hover is their great customer support. I've used their email support a few times. That was how I got that uh, situation fixed when I wasn't getting my email for a few weeks. Hover's email support very quickly just told me, oh, you need to copy and paste this into this. You put this into here. And I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, I knew that. I was just testing out the support, so I have something to talk about in the ad reads. No, I just didn't know what I was doing. But this is where they're really <laughs> great with this stuff. And they also have no hold, no wait, no transfer telephone support as well. If that's your bag, you can give Hover a call and they'll help you out over the phone. They have their valet service where Hover will take all of the hassle out of switching your domains from another provider to Hover because they will just do it for you. And they have volume discounts for bulk domain renewal. They have custom email addresses, storage and forward, forwarding, and just so much more. It really is fantastic. So go to Hover.com right now and try them out. You want to use the code Catching up at checkout. That's me catching up to you, by the way. <laughs> catching up, all one word. When I looked at that a moment ago, I was like, why did I choose catching up? That's why. <laughs> so when you use the code catching up at checkout, you get 10% off your first purchase at hover.com and show your support for analog and relay FM. Thank you so much to Hover for sponsoring this week's show. Excellent. Okay, what else are we talking about tonight? So, um, 
something we haven't sort of spoken about in a while. And I was just thinking about it. How is your blogging coming along, Casey, this? <laughs> uh, it depends by what measure you mean. Um, I think it's going okay. I haven't written in, uh, what has it been, a little over a week, week and a half. Um, I've been pretty busy. I I don't typically blog when I'm at work, but it would but occasionally if I had a slower day, I'd be able to fire off a quick post here or there. Um, but I've been pretty busy at work lately. And so I haven't been able to do that. And, um, because I've been so busy at work when I get home, you know, I just want to spend time with Declan and Aaron. And then typically after that, I'm just going to bed. And so I haven't had the time to spend on it lately that I've wanted. And plus I haven't been as inspired lately of things I haven't been as inspired lately of things to write as I, as I usually am. Um, that being said, when we were talking earlier about the Apple watch and what I thought about it six months in, I was thinking to myself, Hmm, maybe I should write a blog post about this, but, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm pleased with it in general. I'm pleased with how often I've written generally speaking, although I've been slacking the last few days, I'm pleased with the quality of the writing in general, although there have certainly been some posts that I'll go back and read after the fact and think to myself, what point was I really trying to make here? You know, I, I, I know what I was trying to say, but I'm not sure anyone else understood. Um, but in any case, I, I'm pleased with it. I haven't looked at analytics in a long time, so I couldn't tell you how it's doing in that regard. Why um, aren't you looking at analytics? Uh, partially because... I just haven't had the time, partially because I haven't had the time for vanity searches that I usually do, if I'm really honest with you. Um, and I, can, I classify this as like a vanity search. Um, but I just, I don't know. I guess I haven't really cared. Um, it's not that, I don't know, that sounds so negative. It's not that I haven't cared, but I don't know what analytics is going to tell me that will really empirically affect how I treat my blog. That's a much better way of phrasing it. I like that. Mm -hmm. um, I have looked at the memberful API because that's the trendy thing to do these days is to do um, supported uh, you know, member supported blogging. Um, I've thought about doing the same thing. Um, I don't think it would be quite so simple for me as it has been for some others because memberful, which is the platform du jour for doing this sort of thing um, has really good integrations with Squarespace has really good integrations with um, I believe WordPress but it doesn't integrate quite so well with um, really any other blogging platform. And so because of that, if I were to go the route of doing a memberful sort of thing, I don't think I'd want to do a newsletter because I don't think that's really in my wheelhouse. And I believe that's what Jason's doing for the most part with six colors. Um, and I know he's going to be doing other things as well, but I think that was one of his primary pitches was doing a, uh, a magazine. Do I have that right or am I crazy? He's he's going to be doing an email newsletter as well, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, if 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 I was just going to do an email newsletter, then it's I could very easily use Memberful because it doesn't really affect my website. You know what I mean? It's just I have signups on the website, but that's it. But I don't think that's what I would do. If I were to go this route, I would want to provide some sort of e either exclusive content or maybe like some sort of RSS feed or something like that that has something that's either treated differently or exclusive for members. And in order to do that, that would require a lot more effort on my part to actually, you know, dig into the memberful API and really write a, a, a client and, and, and merge that into camel. And it's not that I can't do it, but it's a fair bit of work and I'm willing to do that work, but I haven't figured out what exclusive content could I really provide 
that somebody would be want, willing to pay money for. And I haven't come up with that answer yet. So we'll see what happens. I was reading um, a blog post that Jason wrote today. He was talking about um, writing on the iPad Pro as opposed to mm-hmm. writing on the MacBook. And it just got me to thinking about the process of writing mm-hmm. just in general and how much work it is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like and and that like the work and like the painstaking work doesn't really feel like to me anyway. It doesn't feel the same as to the type of work that I do here with you. Um, even though we you know we go through and we edit it all out and stuff like that, it just it to me it just feels different wherever it is or it isn't, and that's just because of my natural inclination to talking rather than writing and and the fact that I don't actually enjoy writing very much. So, do you actually enjoy it? Do you, do you like to write? Oh, absolutely. I don't know that I'm okay. very good at it, but I, I I do enjoy doing it quite a lot. Do you um, like it more or less than podcasting, or do, does it not really compare? It's different. I'll answer the right way, Casey. <laughs> nothing, nothing in this world other than my family is as much fun as hanging here with you, Mike. You bet. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. It's it's it scratches a different itch for me, and I think we I think I brought this up um, one of the times we talked about my blog in the past on the show. But all the podcasting things I've done thus far have been a group effort. It's been you and me, or Marco and John and myself, or myself and some person who's having me on as a guest. And my website from start to finish has been exclusively just me. And because of that, it's one of the things I'm most proud of professionally that that I've done. And it's not that I'm not proud of analog or that I'm not proud of neutral or that I'm not proud of ATP, but that's that's a group endeavor. And, you know, we, we all know, anyone who's listened to the show for at least a minute knows that I carry some amount of guilt for all of those shows as to whether or not I'm contributing the way I should be. And I'm not looking to, to go into that topic again, but what I am trying to say is that my website is all me, including the code to get that onto your, you know, to get the HTML that I want onto into your web browser. That was me. And so even, even more so than some other people, right? Yeah, exactly. You built your own engine. Right. And I mean, to be fair, my engine is built upon the work of many, many, many other people in little bits and pieces. But but I was the one who figured out how to you know glue it all together and make it a thing. And I'm very proud of it. And I'm very proud of Camel. And I'm very proud of Liss is More. And I'm very proud of the things that I've written there. And some of my posts, I think, have been really, 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 really good. Um, it tends to be the ones that are most personal, which I'm not sure if that's good, bad, or indifferent. But some of them I'm really, really proud of. And and because of that, I think the blog will always kind of have a special place in my heart um, because it is exclusively me. And I can point to that and say, you know what? That's Casey List. That, that's what I've done. And that's been all by myself without anyone else's help. And, I, and I'm really proud of that. <laughs> Do you... Um... Do you keep track of things you want to write? Do you have drafts going? Like, do you do any of that sort of stuff? Um, I do. I have. I, I've been trying to wean myself off of Evernote and start using uh, Notes 
because I kind of hate Evernote now. Um, if you're using Evernote to keep track of like ideas for blog entries, then you should be using those. No, and that's a, that's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. Is I am not using Evernote. I am. This is one of the three things that I currently have in Notes. Um, right. And and I and I like having it there. I currently have two entries. Um, just for the listeners of this show, one of them is that I'd like to at some point write about the app control plane. I believe it's controlplaneapp.com. We'll put a link in the show notes. Um, what that is, is it's context aware computing is I think what they call it. So what that means is you tell it, Hey, when I'm connected to the wi- to the Wi-Fi network, Apple, you know, then that means I'm at an Apple store and I want you to start this app and do this thing and do that other thing and, you know, make this printer the default or what have you, you know? So maybe Mike, when you go to your coworking space, it, it, it will detect, oh, I'm at the co-working space. And you know that you do want Slack up, but you don't want um, Chrome open, and you do want Logic to come up every time you walk into the co-working space. And I, Man, it, this website needs a bit of love. Oh, and the app is kind of hideous, too. But what it, <laughs> but what it, what it allows you to do is pretty powerful. So when I arrive at work, um, HipChat, which is the client that we use to do work I am, that automatically starts. Um, Outlook, which is what we use for work email, automatically starts. When I'm doing work in a VM consistently, I'll have it automatically start VMware Fusion. And then when I come home, all of those things are automatically shut down. Additionally, the screensaver password is supposed to turn off when I'm at home, although it's not worked since uh, El Capitan. Um, I forget, there's a couple other things. that Oh, it sets you know, default printers. Um, it changes how quickly the screensaver comes on so it doesn't come on near as quickly when I'm at home. It's really cool, and I really like doing that. And then um, there's another post I want to write similar in a similar vein, which is about um, I use Alfred, um, which is like a uh, sort of kind of a spotlight replacement. Um, it's very similar except very different from uh, Quicksilver or LaunchBar. And I've written a couple of workflows in Alfred that I think are really nice, and workflow is I'm using that term very, very, very loosely, but like I can type command space, which is what I have bound to Alfred and type Wi-Fi off and it will turn my Wi-Fi off, which oftentimes for me is quicker than going to my menu bar and and, and toggling it on or off because my hands are already on the keyboard. And so I'd like to write a post about that. Um, And at some point, maybe I'll get around to them. And actually, while we're sitting here, I will write Apple Watch thoughts six months in. And now that's in the list of blog post ideas. Um, I, I really enjoy writing. I want to be better at it. I want to make more money off of it, but I'm not sure how to do that. You know, I do have the carbon ad up in the corner now. Um, we'll see if I ever do the memberful thing. I doubt I will because I think I've missed, I've missed the opportunity to do it when it's not just like, Oh, look, Casey's doing the same thing as everyone else is doing. So I, I don't think, I, I think I'm too late if I were to do it, unless I did something like really unique and interesting uh, with it. But we'll see what happens. I'm curious to see how it's how how long it'll go. And you know, when did I start writing in this? I think it was early 2014. Yeah, it was April 29th, 29th of April, 2014. So it's been you know over a year now. It's been about a year and a half now, and I'm 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 happy with that. Well, it's obviously stuck. Yeah, yeah. And I'm so glad. That's good. Yeah, and I'm glad for it. And and I've been making improvements to Camel along the way. In fact, just uh, last night, I believe it was, I uh, changed the way that metadata worked based on a suggestion from um, from somebody on the internet, um, Anthony, whose surname I forget. I apologize. Um, but anyway, I changed the way metadata works. So I'm still working on Camel here and there, and uh, that keeps me entertained and keeps me sharp. 
Um, and I've been able to use a lot of what I've learned from writing Camel in the workplace because Camel's all JavaScript. And I always was really bad at JavaScript, and I probably still am, but I'm much better at it than I was, you know, before I wrote Camel. And, and I'm really pleased with that too. Casey, it's still your time. What time is that, Mike? It's Tom Bin time. Tom Bin time. Tom Bin time. Tom Bin has been designing and making travel bags, laptop bags, and backpacks by hand in Seattle, Washington since 1972. And today they are bringing you Relay Your Feels. Excellent. So thank you to Tom Bin for bringing us Relay Your Feels. Um, I've talked about Tom Bin the last couple of episodes. Um, the first time I talked about it, I talked about um, my. My beloved laptop bag, the last time I talked about it, I talked about my uh, co-pilot, which I, I lovingly call my Merce. Um, I've run out of Tom Bin, unique Tom Bin bags to talk about, so I can't, I can't do another spot on, um, on a whole other bag. But I will say that I do absolutely love both of these bags. They're extremely well built. Oh, you know what? That's not true. I forgot about the parental unit. We can talk about the parental unit. So um, around the time that Declan was born, uh, we, we noticed, I think because of uh, Ben Brooks, that uh, and actually um, Sean Blanc as well, both got Tom Bin parental units, which is their diaper bag. Um, I like my parental unit quite a lot. In fact, I quite love the parental unit. Parental unit is a Tom Bin bag in every way, except a little bit different. And I think I mentioned on the last episode that... One of the ways that, you know, Tom Bin takes his stuff seriously and really thinks their things through is that the zippers on my, um, my co-pilot and, and on my laptop bag um, are both uh, very, very sturdy. And I believe they're waterproof. And they're actually kind of hard to zip without having two hands available. And Tom Bin, being awesome, realized that that's just not going to cut it when you're talking about a laptop bag, oh, excuse me for a, a diaper bag. And so they actually designed the co-pilot with different zippers that are much easier to do one handed. Gosh, I am all out of control. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, so they actually designed the parental unit in order to allow for you to be able to zip the zips, the zippers with only one hand, which may sound kind of bad or silly, but I can assure you when you have a baby in one hand and the, and the parental unit slung over your shoulder and you're trying to get to the diaper or the pacifier or what have you, it is critical, my friends, that you can do that with only one hand. Um, the parental unit is not enormous. It, it does require you to be selective about what you carry, but it's, I think, appropriately sized because it'll fit just about anywhere and it's got several different compartments that you can put all your different things in. And what I like to do, and I think I stole this from Ben Brooks, is on one side, it has the Tom Bin logo on the outside. And I use that as kind of my North Star. And that's where all the diaper paraphernalia is. Then it has a main section, which is where like clothes and other stuff like that is. And then the back section, which has, you know, food related items and stuff like that. And what's really great about the inside section, the main section, is that you can have it such that it's one big wide open area or it's got these, it's hard to describe it. It's got these like little dividers with snaps in them. So you can snap the little snaps together in these dividers and make it end up so that it's like a, a four quadrant main area. So you have all your different places to put things there as well. Suffice to say, it's awesome. I love Tom Bin's stuff. It's all really, really well built, really well made. The bag, I've had some of these bags a couple of years now and they look brand new to me. 
I cannot stress enough, they are expensive, but you are absolutely getting what you pay for. If you are a fan of Apple products, which I think are also expensive, but you get what you pay for, this is right up your alley. I love my Tom Bin Cadet, I love my Copilot, and I love my parental unit. Definitely check this stuff out. You don't have to get black like I always do. I tend to be boring when it comes to bad colors. They have all sorts of wild and crazy colors you can get. Definitely, definitely, definitely check these out. These are wonderful bags. I cannot say enough how much I love them. And if I'm ever in the Seattle area, I believe they're out of Seattle. If I'm ever in the Seattle area, you bet that I'm going to start tweeting them like three weeks before saying, can I please have a factory tour? Can I please have a factory tour? Can I please have a factory tour? Because I want to see this place so bad. Check them out. They're awesome. Tom Bin, T-O-M-B-I-H-N.com. If you have uh, bought a Tom Bin bag on the recommendation of this show, you should tweet at Tom Bin and let them know they are at Tom Bin, T-O-M-B-I-H-N on Twitter, just because I would love it if they would sponsor more. And I know that some people have uh, like tweeted at them, and, and, and I know that they were very happy about that. So if you have done that, then let them know. That would be awesome, because I'm sure that they would love to know that you did it as well. Uh, so yes, I think I think that would be fun, would it not, Casey Liss? That would be excellent. And in fact, include a picture of the bag. Are you using the bag? And if you want yeah. to include, if you want to tag uh, a Mike or definitely me on that, feel free because I love looking at people using their Tom bins. So to learn more and upgrade your your bag, visit tombin t o m b i h n dot com. Thank you so much to Tom Bin for their support of this show. Excellent. All right, so some really quick relay your feels. Yes, Doug would like to know, how do you react to road or tube rage? I wanted to start off by saying, uh, when people annoy me on the tube, um, I either huff or I get angry and and maybe curse a little bit sometimes. (laughs) Loud enough that they can hear you or just under your breath? They could hear me if they wanted to, but not so loud that they definitely heard it. Okay, so what what would incur that kind of reaction? What is a tube offense that would bother you like that? People being stupid in some in some way or another, right? <laughs> For example, like let's say uh, a seat opens up and I'm close to the seat and I start moving towards the seat and somebody like basically runs to jump on the seat. Mm-hmm. Like they would be called maybe um, a bloody idiot or maybe something a little bit stronger. <laughs> you are so delightfully British right now! Oh my goodness. And there are many things like just general pushing. You put, don't push me too much, or like if uh, I'm. I mean, when I say too much, you notice that you can push a little bit. Everyone pushes a little bit. Don't push too much. Um, or like if I'm trying to get off and people are trying to get on. Well, the everybody knows the etiquette is you let people off the train first. If you don't let me off the train, then you will also get a a huffy and uh, <laughs> potentially some some words thrown your way. Oh, Mike, that's so awesome. Do you use hand gestures? When I'm angry on the road? Yeah. So I think we discussed this in uh, in an episode of Neutral. I want to say it was the sixth episode. I am not 100% sure of that, but we talked about road rage and, uh, and driving etiquette. And I think that might have been my favorite ed- episode of Neutral. And uh, years ago, my youngest brother, I have two younger brothers, um, one of which has been an adult for years now, if you will. Um, the youngest, the one I'm speaking of, is in graduate school. And he said to me a few years ago, you know what, Casey, don't, don't flick people off if you're upset on the road. Does, then, then they've won. No, 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 no. Here's what you do. If you can and can do it safely, get up next to them. Give them a thumbs down. Let them know that their driving is subpar. 
And oh my God, that is the best idea I've ever heard. I've only had the opportunity to do it a couple of times. And I think the, the couple of times <laughs> I've done it, they have been like avoiding eye contact. So I don't, I've never gotten the reaction I wanted, but I have been known to flash a thumbs down. I haven't given the finger in a long time. That being said, um, on the way to work, now that I'm working off-site at a client's office, my route to work has changed, and it's, it's like quadrupled. Uh, I used to live very close – well, I live very close to our office, but I'm not working at our office right now. On the way to the interstate, which I take in order to get to work, um, there is a stoplight where I'm trying to proceed straight through the stoplight, and to my immediate right is a Starbucks. And I'm typically trying to get through the stoplight a few minutes before eight every morning. Inevitably, people have come off the interstate and they are trying to make this. So they're facing me and they're trying to make a left into Starbucks. And inevitably, because everyone is self-obsessed and selfish, 13 people will run that light. Or even better, there'll be a clog, you know, it'll be clogged trying to get into this little Starbucks parking lot. And so that it'll end up that the, it'll back up all the way into the intersection. So some idiot is sitting in the intersection as I have got a green light to go through it. And I have to just sit there and lay on my horn and wait for everyone to get into Starbucks to get their stupid devil juice so they can go about their stupid day. Whereas Do I'm you just, lay on your horn? Oh, yeah. Oh, when that happens? Oh, yeah. In fact, today... Two different stoplights. People ran red lights, and I laid on my horn as I went through the through the, through the intersection. Oh yeah, God, it drives me insane. And it will feel it, better. And what makes it even worse is that they're going to get stupid coffee. Like this is why people don't drink coffee. It's because no. it's evil. No, this is why people need the coffee because otherwise they're running red lights. No, they're running red lights to get the friggin' coffee. That's yeah, the, because uh, this is what happens when they don't have it. If they don't have it, they'll always be running the red lights. Oh, whatever, Mike. It's just think devil, of it just, that way. It's devil juice. That's all I have to say. Don't blame that. the coffee. Blame the moron. Oh no, it's it's devil juice. This isn't the coffee's fault. Stop saying devil juice. It's the coffee's fault because if they didn't need the coffee, they wouldn't be making the left into the stupid parking lot. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I rest my case. Well, no, because then they would just be doing it for McDonald's instead. Yeah, but there isn't a McDonald's in that parking lot, Mike. There's a cleaner. There that's about they it. Would. If there was, they would. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your favorite cartoon character growing up? Because Spencer would like to know. So I was thinking about this today, and I don't know if I can think of a favorite, but I can remember one that I really, really loved for a very long time, which was Dexter from Dexter's Lab. Mm, I didn't watch very much. I know of what you're referring to, but I did not watch much of it. This is Dexter's Laboratory. He's the smartest boy you'll ever see. <laughs> um, I loved the idea of having a secret lab in my bedroom hidden behind a bookcase, which I could build robots in as a kid. <laughs> Who wouldn't? I guess, yeah, I don't think I, I saw but only a couple episodes of this. Um, when I was growing up, uh, Nickelodeon was very much a thing, and Nicktoons were a thing. Um, so Nickelodeon was... Uh, kids-oriented TV channel that was owned either by MTV or I think actually by Viacom, which owned Dexter's MTV. Lab was a Nickelodeon show. By oh, the was way. it? Okay. So yeah. that's why I'd heard of it. Um, when I was growing up, and I'm a little bit older than Mike, um, the original group of Nicktoons had just debuted. And I'm probably going to get these details wrong, but to my recollection, it was Doug... Um, loved Doug, and and to to cut to the chase, I think Doug might be my favorite TV, uh, cartoon character growing up. 
But um, there was Doug. There was um, Rugrats. Um, was, dum, I, dum, 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 I forget dum, what the other couple were now, actually, dum, dum, I, because I can think of others. Hey but Arnold? I don't, uh, was that one of the originals? I remember Hey Arnold, and I loved Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold. Um, what's, what, Rocco's Modern Life was also good. Uh, Rocco's was, Modern Life. <laughs> Rocco's Modern Life. Um, what else was there? Ah, Real Monsters was very good. See, I didn't really watch that because I didn't like the monsters, hence why I don't know the song. Uh, fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I don't have it handy what the uh, original ones were, but um, but I, I loved all the Nicktoons. Uh, I really liked Rugrats a lot, but Doug was far and away my favorite. Why? Because he was a nerdy kid that never got the girl, and that rang true for me, I tell you what. All right, uh, now I'm totally on board. I can, um, see, I can see why you go because like why I'm like why would anyone love Doug that much and I get it I get it yeah and as it turns out um, I believe the guy who um, who wrote Doug it was uh, Jim Jenkins was from Richmond <laughs> funny how that is huh were you in Richmond at the time no 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 I was in uh, shoot actually at this point I don't know where I was I might have been in the Midwest at this point. But uh, but yeah, I love Doug. God, did I love Doug. Oh, uh, Joe Steele's pointing out uh, Ren and Stimpy was one of the original ones. Um, I never really got into Ren and Stimpy. I didn't watch it because it creeped me out. Yeah, it was it was weird. I didn't get it. Uh, I I'd be curious to see it as an adult, but I did not I did not care for it as a kid. Um, but I love uh, I loved all the Nicktoons, man. I also liked uh, what was it, Animaniacs that had Pinky in the Brain and um, oh, it's the Animaniacs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I yep. loved Animaniacs. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I don't remember. But Doug, to, to directly answer the question, Doug was my favorite. All right, I think that wraps it up, sir. We need a cartoon theme song of our own that people can sing in 15 years' time. We should do it. Somebody somebody, write me and KC a, a cartoon theme song. Yeah, it's alert song a day, man, pronto. <laughs> Oh goodness! All right, where can we find you on Twitter, Mike? You still on Twitter? Or did you give it up again? I thought about it, but not yet. I'm okay. at I Mike. I M Y K E. <laughs> wow, very impressive. And I am Casey Liss, C A S E Y L I S S. And you can also find my blog at CaseyList dot com. Uh, next week, you are still around. Is that true? Yes, it is Season the week. Of. It is the week following. So next week, we will have our Thanksgiving special, which will be special in probably zero ways. And then uh, we we will be <laughs> we will be figuring out uh, we're going to have some sort of guest for the week after next. We're uh, still working on what what we're going to do there. We have some ideas. We're working on some uh, some clever ideas. So we'll see what happens. All right, sir. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye.